Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Football Monday, Basketball Monday, we've got it all. Welcome aboard. Michael Phillips here. This is MP on the mic. First things first, VCU basketball, the Ryan Odom era tips off. Tonight, right here on the fans, 7 o'clock, McNeese State at VCU. Here's what you need to know about this. You're going to love Ryan Odom's team. We've had the chance to watch them, black and gold game, the exhibition game. I've been over there to the BDC, the Basketball Development Center, to chat with them. This is a team that for the first time since Anthony Grant was here, prioritizes offense over defense. And let me just say, as a casual fan, as a guy who, who jumps in occasionally, I love it. I love winning. Winning's the best. But within the subset of winning, winning with offense is more fun than winning with defense. And these kids are a ton of fun. It's a short rotation, a short roster, uh, and this is not a given. This is not a gimme opener. Some of these teams playing gimme openers. McNeese State, not a gimme. Uh, you may remember their coach, Will Wade. He won't be there tonight. He's serving a suspension. He's recruited the transfer porter well. He's made some strong as offers to some players and gotten them in. He's got some major college transfers there. He's got size. They're 6'6 six, six and 6'9 six, on the post. And there's going to be some talent there. This is not, not a gimme opener for VCU, but it's one I'm really excited about later on in the show we'll take on the weekend in college football as well of course JMU is 9 and 0 if they were eligible they would be the number 1 team in the group of 5 which would guarantee them a spot in a New Year's Day bowl game the heat is on for the NCAA to do the right thing that story's only going to get hotter this week as they'll be huge favorites against UConn UVA and Tech both had pretty major letdowns this weekend. Tech's letdown was, we probably talked ourselves into it a little too much, that that they could hang with Louisville, that they could contend at the top of the ACC table there. Uh, They couldn't, was the answer. But I'm, I'm buying low on the Hokies, and we'll dive into this. I'm buying low on the Hokies. They're four point dogs at Boston College. I promise you, they're a better football team than Boston College. I'm locking that in now. I'm locking that in now. As the week goes on, I will double down on that. UVA burning Anthony Calandra's red shirt. He looked rusty. That whole thing. Man, they cannot get out of their own way out there. Uh, huge win against UNC a few weeks ago. They'll be coasting on that. 
Uh, Going to test out that theory, right? If you only win two a year, but it's UNC and Virginia Tech, maybe the fans will be happy. They might uh, might give that theory a test this year. Also have that William and Mary win, of course, if you count the FCS game as well. But we begin with the Washington Commanders was up in Boston yesterday. Uh, a great atmosphere, even though the Patriots stink, a full house up there. Uh, they got the new video board, largest TV in America. They put on a very nice in-game show. Always love going to watch a game up there. Uh, fun atmosphere, fun environment, fun game. I thought it was going to be a snoozer for a minute at 10 nothing. Uh, this team does not do the easy button, though. They refuse to press it. They, they cannot do it. And then it was 14-10 all of a sudden. They showed the resilience. They bounced back. Washington Commanders now 4-5. and five. Time to crack open a six-pack of news and observations from yesterday's game. It's time to crack open a six-pack of observations as we break down the Washington Commanders' performance. That's the first time I've, we've used that sounder. And I shouldn't have said exactly what Bob said. I just, we'll refine that. I said it, and then Bob said it. Now that's doubly embarrassing for me because my voice is not as not as pretty as Bob's. I mean, that's that that man can can voice a sentence. I'm just over here stumbling through stuff, but that's all right. The bottom line is, I'm going to share six thoughts with you from yesterday's Commanders football game. Number one, Sam Howell. How could Sam Howell not be number one? Sam Howell beat the Blitz. Beat Bill Belichick. Uh, not only that, but showed continued growth, continued development. If the 2024 season, off season started today, you'd go into the off season with Sam Howell as your QB one. You've seen enough, and I think you probably would have last week, even after the loss as well. I don't think this is an overreaction to a win. By the way. Spare me with, and I, I I heard a little of this on Twitter yesterday, like, oh, man, they won now, and Magic Johnson's happy, so no, this is terrible because they're going to keep Ron. No, they're not. Sensible people are in charge here. You, the fan, are welcome to overreact to wins and losses. Please know that this team is run by professional, competent football people who do not do that, and that is not happening here. Don't worry about that. Even if they go on a little heater here. That's what Ron Rivera teams do in November. They go on November heaters. That's not going to change anything. These guys are taking a 10-year viewpoint, not a three-hour viewpoint. I'm talking about Josh Harris now. I'm not talking about... Magic lives in the hour-to-hour. Five tweets from Magic Johnson last night. Fired up about the win. Fired up about Sam Howell. As he should be. What did we say? Two two things that matter this year. We've said it all season long. Two things that matter this year. One, finding out if Sam Howell's your quarterback. And two, finding out if Eric Bieniemy can coach. Item number two. It was a good day for the run game. Run game picked it up a little yesterday, and that was good to see. Antonio Gibson gaining a little trust, gaining a little momentum. Love to see Antonio Gibson get six carries, 34 yards. It's five, five and a half apiece. That's good. They need that, especially with Curtis Samuel out. Curtis Samuel was taking those touches with him out with the, with the toe injury. This is Antonio Gibson's role. And it was good to see him excel in that role. The running game, cumulatively, still did not get to 100 yards. This is still a pass-first offense. This is That is still Eric Bieniemy's thing. But I thought he mixed the rush in much more effectively yesterday. I was really pleased by what we saw there. And there were only, there were only four drives 
that were that were three and outs. There were only, and and one of them was the uh, was the drive uh, around uh, halftime there, which was uh, not the interception drive, but the one before that. These were drives that sustained. These were drives that had first downs. Here's your possession time on your second half drives. Three minutes, two minutes, three and a half minutes, three minutes, three minutes, six minutes. These were these were chunky drives by Eric Bieniemy. There were very few misses in there. A solid day for the run game, a solid, a solid day for Eric Bieniemy. That's that's two statements. One item, though. Don't accuse me of not giving you value in this six-pack here. I am giving you value here. That was, that was like a tall boy in the six-pack there. Gave, gave you two items. Number three. All right. I, I've been talking up the offense. They scored 20 points. I think they did really well on the whole. Jahan Dotson. Do we need to have a chat about Jahan Dotson? The touchdown was great. But even within the greatness of the touchdown, him and Terry were both like weirdly right next to each other. I don't know what happened there. I have a feeling that was not the original route call and route combination. Two more drops for Jahan Dotson. It's kind of becoming a thing a little bit. If you had said before the season, like, name guys you're not worried about, Terry, Tressway, Duran Payne, that's probably my top three, right? Those three, maybe John Allen at four. It's you're pretty close to Dotson territory, though. I think he might have been next. I'm struggling to think of anybody else on the team I trust trusted more going into the season. He might have been my number five pick. And, and trust is wavering. He's had some drops here. He's had some situations. And is this going to bear watching, especially with Curtis Samuel out? Now, how about a little... Uh, how about a little mixing it up yesterday? How about a little uh, Jeremy, uh, uh, Terry, Jahan Dotson, uh, Byron Pringle, four targets, three catches. Diami Brown, four targets, two catches. Jamison Crowder, six targets, four catches. And at the start of the game, a throw to Brian Robinson. I will continue to beg for more of that. Item number four, young guys coming through. The young guns making things happen. Finally. The draft class proves it's worth Quan Martin, Emmanuel Forbes. Both had solid games, and that was crucial for these guys and crucial for Ron Rivera as he gets these young guys going. You remember last year at the end of the year when Sam Howell wins the Cowboys game after the weird week where Taylor Heineke was like, nah, let the kids start. He's good. And Ron was like, I've decided to let the kids start and then he wins and he gives the locker room speech after and Ron does the double take he's like oh yeah I just remembered Sam Howell's good yeah that's our guy we'll go into the offseason I hope we're getting a little of that with these rookies I hope that's what we're building to with these rookies they haven't gotten a ton of opportunities Quan Martin certainly hasn't Forbes had the benching and then the weird return to play against AJ Brown scene of the crime situation KJ Henry should have had a sack. I mean, one of the worst calls in pro football history. And that was nobody was in the tank. They're just refs were just bad yesterday. They missed that really blatant face mask at the end too. This draft class finally contributed to the level they need to contribute at. Now that does not exonerate. To go back to an earlier point, that does not exonerate Ron Rivera, the general manager, who still is on the hook for drafting Jamin Davis, who. I made Jack Del Rio scratch his head in confusion yesterday. I love that sideline clip of Jack showing him the iPad. Like, dude, 
what in the world were you seeing out there? Like, this is not a complicated play. What are you doing? But it's great to see the rookies contribute. Uh, that was that was item number four, so I snuck that in. The KJ Henry, or item number five, KJ Henry call. That was bad. Bad call. Just, I mean, that they doubled down on it is what bothered me the most there. Bad call. I, it's, it's almost not even worth saying more about it. Like, what? I'm not trying to make a point. I'm not trying to, like, convince anybody of anything. If you watch the game, you know. It's a bad call. And there it is. It's a bad call. Uh, Number six, Mac Jones. He's not very good at football. Man, that's a bad Patriots team. Now, you can only play the teams on your schedule, and Ron Rivera historically 3-0 against Bill Belichick, dating back to his Carolina days. Ron Rivera owns Bill Belichick, which is one of the great subplots in NFL history. Belichick's never gotten a dub on Ron Rivera. Certainly had chances yesterday. Very uncharacteristic Belichick team mistakes. The the offsides on the punt at the end. Some some gaffes. But Mac Jones, man, watching that game should make you feel grateful for Sam Howell and everything Sam Howell brings to the table. Because, man, that was painful to watch Mac Jones try to play professional football. And I don't even think the last interception was on him. But I, I've seen enough. It, it makes you even wonder, like, if somehow subliminally the tank is in. They've only won two. They're in a great position to tank, actually. And starting Mac Jones is actually probably the best thing you could do in terms of increasing your chances of picking really high next year and grabbing a quarterback and, and reclaiming a little Patriots greatness. But that's a roster with big holes up and down that roster. It's jarring to see the Patriots down that low. I, I mean, I, I have not seen a Patriots team that bad since they're wearing the, the revolutionary guy, war guy hiking the football on the helmets. If the NFL draft took place tomorrow, I mean, the Patriots are a top-five pick, and in their division against those teams, against the Jets who are still grinding them out, against the Bills who are good, against... The Dolphins, who are really good, man, your road to a tank is right there. I would 100% take advantage of that. They got two wins. Carolina's worse. They've got one. Arizona's got one. Bears and Giants both have two. That's your that's your bottom five right now. And I think the Patriots belong in that, in that club. And that, that's a bad football team. All right, with step aside, we are back with more after this. We're off and running, uh, having a great Monday morning here on The Fan. You're listening to 910 The Fan, not 105.1 FM. Pats have the ball at the commander's 41-yard line. It's a second and eight. Snap to Jones. Washington brings forward. Pressure up the middle. Throws over the center of the field. That was popped up the air. Picked off. It is picked off. Quan Martin at the 32-yard line, and Washington's going to get a win in New England. Commanders win 2017. They made it much more difficult than they needed to, but a win is a win in the NFL, and the Commanders are four and five, and they are back within back within shouting distance of 500. The, I, the look this week they're in Seattle, and I think that's a tough game, obviously. But they're coming back to play the Giants at home after that. And the Giants, folks, are even worse than they were last time when they were bad. You remember a couple weeks ago, the Giants were not any good and still won. They are now somehow worse. I am declaring that preemptively one of the 
definitive games of the Ron Rivera era. He has to beat the Giants. Just that that's the one. They've lost to the Giants so many times, so many ways over the years. It's not possible for the Giants to be any worse than they are right now. They followed up a loss to the Jets with losing another quarterback to injury. They, that's that's going to be the game you have to have there. And if they win that, even if they lose in Seattle, they'll still still be within shouting distance, headed down to Dallas for Thanksgiving. Anything can happen down there. As we do on Mondays, we are going to take you inside the commander's locker room. We're going to have a, a, a ton of fun. We're going we're to play uh, some interviews with some folks. Let's uh, look. Brian Robinson, the running game man. Brian Robinson had a tough fumble, but bounced back. Antonio Gibson had a great day on the ground. Brian Robinson, I, I, we, I asked him about the importance of bouncing back because it was 10 nothing. They were cruising. The Patriots get that get that Brian Robinson fumble, punch another one in real quick. It's 14-10 all of a sudden. But the commanders fought back, and I, I think that was really one of the stories of the day. How important was it to be able to finish this one off? You had the quick start, and then it, it got a little slow. But to be uh, able to, to finish it. It was very important to us, honestly. Uh, we, you know, we've been hounding on you know, finishing, 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 you know, week, you know, week after week. And um, I feel like you know, we, we, we finally finished one off today. You know, we could still be a lot better you know, when it comes down to second-half play you know, and finishing strong, and we will be better. And, uh, you know, as long as we continue to focus on that you know, week in and week out, I feel like we continue to you know, grow and be better with finishing. The, the building blocks are there. No question the building blocks are there. And I really liked how they mixed in the run yesterday. I thought that was really one of the better elements of the game, how they, they how Eric Bieniemy mixed in Gibson and Brian Robinson. Look, Gibson had one, one of his better games, earning his trust back slowly from the coaching staff because they need him. They need that. John Allen, heart and soul of the defense. And uh, after a rough week, Chase Young traded, Montez Sweat traded. Is this team conceding on defense? Uh, they show that was not the case. Here is Jonathan Allen after yesterday's game inside the commander's locker room. It feels really good. I mean, I've learned in the NFL you always you always appreciate the wins, no matter how they come. Um, I never criticize refs, but I just feel bad for my boy KJ. I think that was a missed call. I mean, I get it, they're human, but that's tough for him. So I feel bad about that. I know he was, I mean, rightfully so, a little disappointed to have that play called back. But again, that refs human. I'm not. It happens. But it was, it was, it was a great team win. You know, I kind of told the guys after the game, like, man, when we really put an offensive performance and a defensive performance together, we can really be a special team. And that's what's really holding us back right now. So it's a great win. You know, we're going to take what we can from it and get ready for Seattle. After what happened at the trade deadline, did this one feel more important or different at all? Um, one thing I've learned from Coach Saban in Alabama is you never make a game bigger than what it is. Um, it's the NFL and it's a business. I'm happy that Sweat went and gotten <laughs> so much money. He deserves it. And I'm assuming Chase is going to be next. So it's a business, man. At the end of the day, Sweat's going to be able to take care of his family for the rest of his life. And so soon Chase will too. So I'm happy for them. But at the end of the day, we got a job to do. They did, they did the job and they hung on down the stretch. As a nail-biter of a final drive there, thankfully, Mac Jones is really bad at football. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll revisit that K.J. Henry call, and we'll revisit K.J. Henry's uh, roughing the passer, alleged roughing the passer, uh, uh, down, down the line here, because that was as bad as I've ever seen 
in the NFL. That, that call is as bad as I've ever seen, but what really bothered me was that they doubled down on it after the game. Now, I'm okay with a bad call every once in a while because referees are human. The doubling down on it really bothered me and set what I think is, is a pretty bad precedent going forward. But look, the story of the day yesterday, for, for my money, was Sam Howell. Sam Howell's development, Sam Howell's growth. Sam Howell had himself a heck of a day. Here's John Allen on Sam Howell. They believe. Sam Howell is like he's our future. He's our quarterback, and I think we find our next quarterback for the five, ten years, and I truly believe that. Why so? When I look at the plays he makes on the field, and not only does he make great plays on the field, his demeanor after bad plays and not playing well, he's always able to bounce back and I've seen a lot of great quarterbacks in my time, played against a lot of them, and I think he has the potential to be one of them. So I, I, I'm truly, I can truly say this team is behind Sam Howell 100%. It's, uh, that's the vibe, and I mean, they really liked what he brought to the table after that interception at the end of the first half. That was as bad a throw as he's ever going to make. He's scrambling. He needs to just throw it away. You look at the, the clip there. There's two receivers who he could throw it to, both of them are double covered. Both of them are fully blanketed, tries to thread the needle. It, it's an interception. It costs him three points for sure, a really good chance at seven points there going into the half. And we could talk about Ron Rivera's clock management there, not calling a timeout, not settling him down. But Sam Howell knows he's got to be better than that. But he shook it off, man. He shook it off, came back out, kept right on dealing. First two possessions of the second half it is, is two scores. It's a field goal. And then the touchdown, the Jahan Dotson touchdown, the 33-yard throw, which was really impressive. And, and that's what that's what everybody's responding to here. And the good thing is, there's eight weeks left in the season. There, he's going to be tested in more ways. He's going to have some bad games. And he, he almost certainly will not just be on a straight lineup. But the way he steadied himself and the way he learns, adjusts, and grows... Look at what else is out there. Look at some of the quarterbacks NFL teams are trotting out this week. He's better than a lot of these options. He's better than certainly many of the quarterbacks in the NFC who played yesterday. You'd take him over Baker Mayfield. You'd take him over, you know, Taylor Heineke for sure. Now, C.J. Stroud had a great game yesterday. They're, they're electric rookie quarterbacks and the goal forever remains to find one of them. But if you can't find a guy who's going to light the world on fire, this is the next best thing. A really good quarterback on a rookie contract who's got a lot of ceiling, a lot of room to grow. Reminds you maybe a little bit of a young Kirk Cousins. Very different styles of play, but similar in that Cousins needed a lot of time to grow into the NFL. Late round draft pick is panned by scouts. Because of his size, because of his decision making, the same same Sam Howell, the size is not an issue, I don't believe. But the decision making was. He's going to need some time to grow into this. He's been furnished that time this year, and he's really making the most of it. He's really looked great. Here was Sam Howell, our chat with him after the after the game yesterday. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, I, I want to be the quarterback here for a really long time. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, you know, how I'm going to get to that point is, you know, taking it one day at a time and doing everything everything that I can on a day-to-day basis. And, you know, that's, that's, that's kind of the way I look at it. I don't worry. I never worry about the future. Um, you know, I take it one day at a time and I try to give every single day everything I got. You know, I give my teammates, I give this organization every single thing that I have every single day. Um, and, then, you know, that's what, I, what's, that's what I'll continue to try to do. 
That's uh, that's a mature kid right there. And I lo- he said this a lot. Um, so, so, you know, this this may sound old by this point, but he is not fed by the doubters. He always said, like, I'm not here to prove that, like, I was overlooked in the fifth round. I'm here to validate the people who took me in the fifth round and invested in me. And that's such a great outlook on life, on football. He's not fueled by the negativity. He He's driven towards the positivity. And you don't see a lot of that in professional sports, and it's refreshing. And I've really enjoyed watching the kid play and grow and learn. And if the if the 2024 season, offseason started today, he'd be your QB1 going into the offseason. He's earned another year under center. And he's he's got eight more games to go. And I was nervous about yesterday because I was curious what Bill Belichick would throw at him. And they did. They they did some cover zero blitzes. They did some concepts. Tyler Larson under center, navigating the line well. Sam Howell getting rid of the ball very effectively. Absolutely a huge step forward. You're always hoping it's not the game where he gets exposed, right? As where somebody shows the way you can definitively beat him. So far, every time he's been beaten, so far every time a defensive coordinator has dialed up a win against him, he has he has proven resilient enough to learn from that and bounce back. That's a great skill for an NFL quarterback to have. All right, I cannot end inside the locker room without a minor rant, though. Here's our chat with K.J. Henry. He had the worst roughing the passer penalty in the history of organized football. I don't think they would have invented the game of football back in the 1900s if they had known this penalty was going to happen. It would have bothered them too much. They would have just said, call James Naismith. This is a basketball country now. But they did. All right, the voices you'll hear, you'll hear my voice, J.P. Finley and uh, David Aldridge of The Athletic. Uh, we're chatting We're chatting with K.J. Henry after yesterday's game. Um, like you said, the stop is all that matters. So that, that's that's why I was upset because we had a stop. And, and uh, unfortunately, I, you know, I was able to grant him a first down. So I'm glad, you know, the defense rallied behind me and, and we still got a stop. Are you aware yet of how mad everybody is on your behalf? All the fans? <laughs> <laughs> nah, not, not really. Um, They're mad. Mom, <laughs> uh, mom, mom said you got to do better, so I'm going to do a little bit better now, I guess. You know, no. Nah, let's do a little what, bit better. What could you have done different? Uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll, check, I'll check the, uh, I guess, check the tape. You had your head up. You know, and see see what I can you do. And, and in the moment, I didn't know, so. Were you shocked when you saw the flag, heard the call? Um. Yeah. Yeah, I was, but, you know, like I said, out of my control, you know, and I, I knew that immediately, like, once they made the call, like, no matter how upset I was, it wasn't going to change the call or nothing like that, so um, just trying to, you know, get on to the next play was really my mindset. Man, Mom's a tough critic. Mom says I got to do better. All right, well, Mom mom knows best. Mama does know best, that's right. Tough critic. What, the the pool report, Um, so they, Nikki Javala, the Washington Post, chatted with the officials after the game, and this is what bothered me. Just say, hey, look, we've seen the replay since. We can't look at the replay in real time. That's not allowed. And we probably missed that one. That was probably okay. Instead, here's the explanation you get. Well, there are two common techniques he could have used. One we call the gator roll, where if he takes the player and rolls to the side so they both land on their side, or he comes down and breaks the fall with his hands in a crab-like fashion on top of the quarterback. Gator rolls and crab walks. Come on now. That's, that's the official word from the app. Well, K.J. Henry didn't gator roll and crab walk. This isn't fourth grade field day. 
Gator rolls and crab walks. That's what Maryland does. That No. It, what are we doing here? Don't, don't double down on the mistakes. That's all I'm asking. Just kind of, hey, we looked at that. It was a bang-bang play. We, you know, we, in real time, we thought we saw full body weight in on replay. We didn't. We're sorry. Good thing the commanders won. We all get out of town okay. There was bad officiating across the board yesterday, but to double down on to be like, well, he should have, he should have gator rolled or crab walked. No, no, we can't be, we can't be teaching that. And to give so much protection to the quarterback, I got to get out of here. I know that to give so much protection to the quarterback. Instead of protecting Logan Thomas, tight end, who they have to scrape off the floor every week, scrape him off the turf with the little pellets stuck to him, to protect the quarterbacks to that degree is 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 ridiculous to me. It it it, it calls for a reinterpretation of the rule if the NFL really does see that, which I don't think they do. I hope they don't. Please, please don't. Great start for KJ Henry though. Great start for that defense. Lots of reasons to be happy. One reason to be happy, we're about to pay the bills. We're going to step aside for this break. We are back with more. You're listening to 910 The Fan, now 105.1 FM. All right, 1020 on a Monday morning, a football Monday, and a college basketball tip-off Monday, the slate tonight. UVA at home hosting Tarleton State at 7. The Hokies will play at 8 at home against Coppin State. VMI at the Robin Center to take on Richmond at that game at 7. And right here on the fan, 7 o'clock, McNeese State at VCU. The Ryan Odom era begins at the Siegel Center. Tickets going fast. Going to be a great crowd. Big night out there. I'll be out there. Awan will be out there. It's going to be a ton of fun. I promise you, you're going to enjoy this team. You're really going to enjoy watching them. I enjoyed watching the NFL yesterday, sun up to sundown, which is less impressive in this daylight savings time era, sun up to well past sundown of NFL football, the marquee game, Cowboys, Eagles. We were all waiting for this one. And uh, let's, uh, you want to you bump our NFL recap music here before we dive into it? Um, we'll get to the, Ooh, there we go. Now we're talking. I feel like Chris Berman here. Rumbling and stumbling and tumbling. Jalen hurts so good when the Eagles roll over the Dallas Cowboys. Do you know who Chris Berman is, Josh? I don't want to kill, kill our vibe here. I do not, but there, nothing could kill the vibe this morning. You're in rare form, MP. Thank you. I love it. Uh, I will get to the commanders. We'll go inside the commander's locker room at 1030 at 11. I'll share my observations from the game. Got my legal pad right here, ready to rock on that. But first Eagles Cowboys yesterday. And there's two ways to look at this. If you're a Cowboys fan, there's only one way to look at this. If you're an Eagles fan, and that is dang, this team is good with a tiny side of how did we lose to the jets, but a dang, this team is good. And Eagles Ravens, Two hottest teams in football right now. One in the AFC, one in the NFC. Uh, Eagles, clearly the class at the NFC right now, held their own against Dallas. But if you're a Cowboys fan, two ways to look at this. And I would have to say number one is, hey, we hung with these guys. That's a good team. We went on the road. We came two yards away from beating one of the best teams in football. I think the alternate way to look at this is, 
dang, this is the 19th consecutive year we keep finding a way to beat ourselves. That's the Dallas Cowboys. That's who they are. That's who they are under Jerry Jones. That's who they'll continue to be with Jerry Jones and Mike McCarthy in charge. And Mike McCarthy, you knew this was his flaw coming in from Green Bay. It's been his flaw. They they just are not polished. They They do not rise to the big occasions. They do not make the big plays. They do not secure the victories. And I, I'm not even I'm not even prepared to bring the refs into it here. I'm not prepared to to chalk this up to any officiating or calls or close. This is a Dallas team that consistently cannot win on on the margins in, in in the small areas where you need to win football games when it matters. And it matters in the playoffs. This is a team that's gonna win ten every year as long as they've got this roster, as long as they've got Mike McCarthy. You can't trust him in the playoffs. Here's Mike McCarthy, Cowboys coach, after the game. We had chances to win that game. I don't, I don't really think we were fighting back. I mean, um, you know, we, we had the lead in the first half. You know, we had you know had that stretch of penalties there. I mean, it's a it's the ebb and flow of a football game. I mean, that's the way these games go. I mean, they're they're a very good team. You know, uh, we feel great about our team, and you know, we we need to learn from these mistakes because I mean, that's what these games come down to. That's uh, Mike McCarthy, Cowboys coach. It's frustrating because that's a good roster. They'll be in the playoffs again. Do you trust them, though? Do you trust them to get to, through the playoffs? Do you trust them to get to the Super Bowl? I sure don't. And, and that's just, that is the fatal flaw of these Dallas Cowboys. Great roster, a lot of talent. Can't can't win on the margins. Can't win in the little details that separate good teams from bad teams. Early game yesterday, the Kansas City Chiefs in Germany, 21-14 lead over the Dolphins, hanging on down the stretch. This is the Chiefs hanging on to defeat the Miami Dolphins out there in Germany. Fourth and 10 to a tongue of Iowa at the Kansas City 31-yard line. They're three by one, Berrios. No, Smith snap, and they jump on the football! The Dolphins jump on it, but the Chiefs are going to win this game. Brian Cook on a blitz, forcing a bad snap. A loss of 13 yards. There it is. Kansas City Chiefs reclaiming a little of their mojo. Travis Kelsey becomes the franchise's all-time receiving yards leader for Miami. You got big questions now about they they haven't won. They have not held their own in games against high-quality competition. Now, I still believe in that offense. I still believe in Mike McDaniel, but they're going to need to prove it on the field at some point. I'm still a Miami believer. I'm still buying stock. I still say they win that division over the Buffalo Bills. Bills in the late game against the Bengals. Bengals back. Cincinnati Bengals. Don't sleep on them. I told you this a few weeks ago. They do this every year. Slow start. Pick it up. The question was Joe Burrow's health. The question remains Joe Burrow's health. I don't think that team's anything without him. But with him, they can hold their own. They can hold their own with the best. Best quarterback story yesterday, though, in Minnesota. Josh Dobbs joins the roster midweek, has to teach the center his snap count before they run out on the field, and then delivers a win over the Atlanta Falcons for the Minnesota Vikings. Here's Coach Kevin O'Connell. Uh, not to mention we're playing against what I believe to be one of the better defenses we played all season at home in the noise. So I hope people understand what Josh Dobbs was able to accomplish with something very, very special, and uh, I'm really proud of him. 
What a story. The Minnesota Vikings keep winning with Josh Dobbs, down Justin Jefferson, down Kirk Cousins, just losing quarterbacks left and right. Josh Dobbs comes off the street. What he's done this season. Three teams just keeps rolling everywhere he goes. And Kevin O'Connell's right. It's hard to understand just how difficult that is for a quarterback. Monday morning, 11.32, counting you down to tip off, never too early, seven and a half hours away from the new look VCU Rams. They play right here on the fan, McNeese State visiting tonight for Ryan Odom's opener as VCU basketball coach. First look at his style, his team, almost a full turnover there as he welcomes in a number of transfers, uh, some some friendly faces, some faces you'll recognize as he's brought a lot of Richmond-area high school talent back to represent the Rams and represent the city. They'll play all season long on the fan. Awad will have your pregame and halftime shows, and he'll get you ready coming up on Awad Radio as well. Disappointing weekend for the local college duo of UVA and Virginia Tech. Let's start with the Hokies, who, all right, I might have talked myself into this one. Uh, That's on me. I uh, talk, my, talk myself into this maybe a little little too much. The Hokies have a number of wins against bad ACC teams. I, I thought maybe they were turning a corner. They went down to Louisville. Uh, they got smacked around. They are not, not turning that corner. I got a little excited a little fast. That's okay. Here's tech coach Brent, Fr- Brent Pry after the game. Uh, a, a disappointing loss, but certainly in retrospect, not a surprising one. Yeah, you know, we wanted to be aggressive early in the game offensively. We had some plays dialed up, and we didn't get them blocked well enough, you know, where they ran a pressure that the, the play couldn't handle. And we ended up, you know, we stuck to it, and, you know, we, we tried to jumpstart things, and, you know, they were just opportunistic and, and took advantage. I mean, they got a great – they got a really nice front. They're a big, strong, explosive team. Um, you know, but, again, we can certainly play better than that, and we have. There'll be some execution things we got to clean up. Um, there'll be some coaching mistakes that we made. But, um, you know, it'll be a good learning opportunity for us. No doubt. That's uh, what happens when you compare yourself to the best. And Louisville now on the march to take on Florida State, most likely. Uh, well, Florida State will be in the ACC title game, most likely taking on Louisville. As long as they can hold serve, they've got UVA coming in Thursday night. Louisville's a good football team. Tech's not in that ballpark yet, but I got a buy low opportunity on the Hokies. They're four point underdogs at Boston College this week. They're going up, going up to Chestnut Hill. BC's done nothing to impress me. They had that three point win over Virginia, where Tony Elliott forgot about how to manage a football team. They hung close against Florida State early in the year. I guess would be their most import, impressive moment. But they got they got smacked around by Louisville. You know they they beat Syracuse by a touchdown on Friday night. Syracuse isn't any good. They beat UConn by a touchdown. UConn's not any good. I'll love the Hokies getting points up there in Chestnut Hill. There's a team that's going to rebound. They need this one to get to five to put the bowl game in their sights headed into the final two. I'm buying low on the Hokies. I've not been scared away by this loss. 34-3, to not enough to scare me. I'm buying, buying stock on the Hokies riding with them. UVA had... Just another head-scratcher of a loss. I want to like this team. I want to like these players. I do like the young quarterback, Anthony Calandria, 
But then Tony Muskett gets hurt, the quarterback, and they put Calandria in. He looks so rusty. You spend the whole year trying to hang on to this kid's red shirt, Anthony Calandria. It's very clear he hasn't got the practice time he needs. He comes in. He looks rusty. All in the service of preserving a year of eligibility. He's probably not going to spend at UVA, and he's probably not going to spend it playing for Tony Elliott. It's it's a head-scratcher to me, unless the kid and his family were just adamant that he wanted to redshirt, but then you burn the redshirt in the middle of a lost-cause game, 45-17 to against Georgia Tech, and now you're going to throw him into a short week going to Louisville on Thursday just to disservice all the way around. Now, this should have been a crowning moment for UVA, coming home after one of the most impressive wins literally in program history, going to UNC and winning that game, going to Miami and playing them tough, taking them to overtime, should have been a crowning moment. Come home, beat Georgia Tech in front of a home crowd, reestablish yourself, hey, good things are happening here. Instead, this setback, here's Tony Elliott talking about how maybe uh, some people drink a little bit of their own Kool-Aid out there in Charlottesville. Well, we're going to go back to, uh, to understanding what, what generated the success that we had. And, and I reminded the guys today in the locker room that what success that, quote-unquote, we had was a function of the things that we did right in preparation, okay? We have to learn from, from this situation, and what we're not doing is we're not scrapping uh, what we're doing, okay? We're, we're, we're owning this one, taking accountability for it. We're going to correct the mistakes, and we're going to continue to, to move forward. It's a part of, part of the growth process. It's a part of football, uh, but that's where you have to be able to, to compartmentalize it, you know, put it in its perspective, and then focus on uh, the, next, uh, the next play. Did you see a dip or a change in the preparation, the focus going into this one? You know, um, I wouldn't say I saw a dip, uh, but but what uh, you know we're all going to learn is, man, you got to respect every opponent, and and you, and when you when you have had some progress, then you can't just assume that it's going to happen, right? That's why we have the mentality of going one to zero every single week. Right, you got to you got to respect every opponent. You got to respect every single rep. You got to respect every single day uh, of preparation uh, because the margin for error is is uh, is thin. You know, a couple of those turnovers, and it could be a different you know different situation. Uh, so dip in the in the preparation, no opportunity to grow. Right, everyone's going to have an opportunity to look in the mirror and say, okay, what can I do better? And did I right at all times? Uh, because again, nobody's going to know fully except for the person that looks in the mirror. You don't want to read too much into post-game comment after a loss. That's not super encouraging, though, to hear that from Tony Elliott, uh, feeling like his team, which has not accomplished anything. The win over North Carolina was nice, but that's one of many that they've played this year, many of which they've not been all that great in. The statement all last week was they have momentum. This is their chance to show that it's legit, and they went the opposite direction. It's it's tough to trust this team right now, and I, I, this is not like the Hokies to me. I'm I'm not buying low on UVA, not af, not after that performance. You know, it's a little bit like the Jets beating the Eagles, right? Or you know, the Cardinals losing to the Cowboys. Anybody can get one, but you got to back it up. You got to you got to you got to walk a little bit of the uh, walk. Talk talk the talk. You got to walk the walk, and they have not pulled that off yet. This season and and walk it into a really tough game Thursday night. JMU, uh, we just hit you with the breaking news. Jalen Green, their star defensive pass rusher, is going to miss the rest of the season. He got injured in that win over Georgia State. That's a tough blow for them. He led the nation in sacks 
15 and a half sacks. Really great game for JMU. A fantastic game for Jordan McLeod, who on his birthday, his 24th birthday, accounts for six touchdowns, bounces back after an uneven effort against ODU. This team has so many different ways to win. Here's Coach Kurt Signetti on a bounce-back performance by Jordan McLeod. These guys can win so many different ways. They are fun to watch. Yeah, I think he's uh, really developing confidence where he can bounce back from those bad plays and not let it affect him. With you have to do to be a good quarterback, and I think you saw him out there having fun in the second half, making guys miss on blitzes, making plays, and making plays with his legs. This is uh, this is an interesting stretch here for JMU because they got UConn this weekend. They should handle UConn easily before they get ready for their last two games. But when the college football rankings come out. This week, they won't include JMU, but if they did, they would be the number one group of five team. Now that Air Force is lost, they would be the top pick to get the New Year's Day bowl slot. And I get that they're building a great program there. They've had a series of great coaches. I believe in that administration, what they've done, what they're building. But this is not the sort of thing where you just shake it off and say, we'll get that next year. This is truly a once-in-a-decade sort of opportunity. This isn't like playing for the FCS title games. Oh, we'll be in the hunt next year. We'll be in the playoffs next year. There are always great group of five teams. This Sun Belt is going to be loaded every year. If they're truly undefeated coming out of these last two, you've got to find a way to get them into the New Year's Bowl games. ESPN's broadcasting every game. They're communicating their interest. They don't do things that people don't watch. People are watching the Dukes. Interest in the Dukes is at an all-time high. You've got to find a way to do it. What's most impressive to me is in a season where they've been pressure-packed every single week, they found a way to rise above that and play really good football. Here's Jordan McLeod on dealing with that. Yeah, this is after uh, yesterday or Saturday's game. No pressure because um, we don't look at it as a 9-0. We just look at it as going 1-0 every week, just winning that week. It's a well-coached team. It's... A quarterback who's developing confidence as the season goes on, right? That was a question mark going into the year. They had to settle in on a quarterback. Alonzo Barrett gets benched. Jordan McLeod comes in. And you got the sense that was never fully comfortable with him. But he's come into his own. Uh, a few good weeks. Took a, a small step back against ODU. But then surges forward again in that second half against Georgia State. Very very impressive. Let's hear from Tyson Lawton, too, because the Dukes running attack was absolutely fabulous uh, down at Georgia State on Saturday. Um, you know, we just told, we just said we were just going to stick to the run. They couldn't stop the run in the first half, so we just said we were just going to um, make some a few adjustments to the, our run plays and keep pounding it. Jordan is a, a heck of a player, you know. He's good. He knows how to make plays, even with pressure in his face. You know, he's a really good player. <clears throat> See the same from him each every week. None changed. Just having so much fun watching the Dukes. This is a special team. Take away the controversy, which we won't do. This is Sports Talk Radio. We're not going to do that. We're going, we're going to dig in on that. Take away that controversy. This is a team that probably has no business being 9-0 and has found their way there by winning in so many different ways. Some gritty wins, some tough wins, some offensive wins, some defensive wins. It's an impressive thing to watch. And this isn't what every season's going to be like. There will be steps backward and steps forwards again. 
So this is a season to remember, and this is a season to really cherish if you're a Dukes fan. We're going to step aside. We've got one more segment left. We'll bring in Awad for some crosstalk, get his thoughts on being fired up for tonight at the Siegel Center. I know he is. I know I am. Uh, We'll get his thoughts on the Commanders game yesterday. Lots to go over there. K.J. Henry getting flagged with the worst penalty in the history of mankind. Sam Howell taking another step forward. Is he the quarterback of the future? All that and more with Awad on crosstalk. Right after this, you're listening to 910 The Fan, now 105.1 FM. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 